0: One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. God, I love baseball. How can you not be romantic about baseball? Man, this is
1: baseball. You gotta stop thinking.
0: I believe in the church of baseball. There's no
1: crying in baseball! Baseball! Hey guys, welcome to the show.
0: Hey everybody. I'm Andrew. And I'm Paul. And this is Playball. Baseball at the
1: movies. The show where we watch every baseball movie there is. Every every single one. And then talk about it. And so far, we've watched two. We're at number two. <laughs> we, we've doubled our progress. We've <laughs> done it. Yay, this is amazing. 200%. Paul, today we're talking about...
0: Take me out to the ball game.
1: Take me out to the ball Please. game. Please stop. I, <laughs> I've been, you know, I've been doing research for this. I've been listening yeah. to that song. J- have great. you just been watching Ken Burns? Uh, well, always. He's the best. <laughs>
0: He's that best. song's in that miniseries like a thousand
1: times. Yeah, it's great. Uh, today we're talking about Take Me Out to the Ball Game." It is a musical that came out in 1949 starring Frank Sinatra, Gene Kelly, and Esther Williams as team owner Casey Higgins. For those people who have never heard of this movie, like me. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard uh, of it. Before movie. we watched it, Frank Sinatra, Gene Kelly, and Esther Williams find romance, gangsters, and lots of song and dance <laughs> on the baseball diamond. Gangsters
0: it's- is listed seven. Second in the log
1: line? Uh, romance, gangsters, <laughs> and lots of song and dance. <laughs> okay. On the baseball diamond in this fast paced, fun filled musical romp. Mm-hmm. In 1908, the success of the Champion Ball Club Wolves depends on the powerhouse double play combo of O'Brien to Ryan to Goldberg. The trouble is, O'Brien and Ryan would rather be pursuing their off-season career <laughs> in vaudeville <laughs> than of course. Play, rather be doing vaudeville than baseball until the team gets a new owner, the beautiful K.C. Higgins, who's a woman. Esther Williams. Uh, and when a professional gambler who has bet heavily against the Wolves tries every dirty trick he knows to influence the outcome of the game, it's baseball players versus gangsters, wild, hysterical, musical nine innings. Well, wow, that long line blah, 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 makes blah. it sound like
0: way better than it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's
1: what I, I, I was so excited to see this movie after reading that. Uh, just a few fun facts before we kind of dive in. The movie came out on April 13th, 1949. Okay. So, baseball in the 40s. Ted Williams was the American League MVP. Jackie Robinson was the National League MVP. Hey. That year, he was the first black player was ever. This,
0: what year? 47 was when he came 47
1: in? was his first year playing on the Dodgers. He right. was signed in 46, played in 47, but uh, 1949 was the first year that he won MVP. Wow. He obviously was the first black player to win the MVP, and he did so with the, uh, also winning the batting title by hitting three forty-two. Wow. That's amazing. He was forty-two. Yeah, what a guy! The Yankees beat the Brooklyn Dodgers okay. to win the World Series. They won in five games. This is their I second. Like any,
0: anytime you tell me news about the Dodgers losing, <laughs> but, I'm into it. But it's the Yankees winning,
1: man. They're they're like baseballs. I even understand. Play. I
0: know. If if I guess the best result of that series would just <laughs> the, if they both caught on fire. Yeah,
1: <laughs> no, just have a player strike in the <laughs> yeah. World Series. So the Yankees uh, won. The Yankees won in five games. It was their second win in three years against the Dodgers for the World Series and there were 16 teams in the league so
0: do you think there were people at that time like complaining
1: about the Warriors like they ruined
0: baseball <laughs> <laughs> the Yankees and the Dodgers it's always there there's
1: never been not people complaining about that. Really yeah. <laughs> so, that's a really good point yeah that's a really good point answer to your question is yes a couple other interesting things about 1949 the New York Giants they yay. signed the yay Euro. yay yay that's, uh, that's hey Paul's, Paul's Andrew I'm team.
0: a Giants fan Do you know that
1: ah uh, Andrew,
0: I, I did joking. you know I'm a Giants fan? I
1: wasn't. I wasn't. Andrew,
0: uh, did you know that the Dodgers are dumb? And you uh, keep talking. Sorry. The New York
1: Giants. <laughs> in 1949, they signed their first black players, who were Negro Leaguers Monty Irving and Ford Smith. Cool. Uh, they started out in the minor leagues. Monty Irving would go on to play for the Giants in the majors. Unfortunately, Ford Smith would never make it to the major leagues. But integration, that's a great bummer. That's pretty great. Yeah. In a, speaking of, uh, the Negro Leagues were still being played at the time. They were chock full of future Major League stars. And the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League, as featured in League of a Their League Own. League of Their Own, yeah. That was still going on as well. The Rockford Peaches, the team featured in that. Nice. Won the Women's Professional League Dude, World Series. no like joke. That. I mean,
0: maybe I could, we can talk about this when we do that movie
1: real quick. But I'm going to tangent
0: real quick. Last night I met a woman um, who does reenactments old school,
1: old timey baseball reenactments? That's amazing of
0: the women's leagues, that's and she's amazing. a she's a Rockford Peach.
1: That's fantastic. I would Isn't that fucking it. crazy? I would love to see that.
0: Like I knew I they did it for the the, the dudes, yeah. Right? But they, they they legit go old school for the, the that's girls. That's incredible.
1: Games. I would yeah. I would imagine that they have something like that at the Hall of Fame because they've got the old totally. stadium yeah. there, which think is just for. She was said she was from Chicago, but anyway, that's super cool. I would love to see that. Continue. They could have seen that in 1949, because the league was still going on. Right. And one last weird fact about this movie, Frank Sinatra's role, he plays uh, second baseman Ryan. Uh, Frank Sinatra's role, Dennis Ryan, was originally intended for professional baseball manager Leo DeRocher. (laughs) They wanted him to be in the movie with Gene Kelly. Get the
0: heck out of here. And
1: I would have loved to see that. I mean,
0: (laughs) and then they were like, you know what, let's get... Uh, An, a singer. <laughs> uh,
1: let's not get Leo Rocher. Who's our backup? Oh yeah, Frank, Frank Sinatra. Sinatra. <laughs> <laughs> the movie received mostly positive reviews when it was released, and this is cool. Really? It really did. It received mostly positive <laughs> reviews. Okay. We we might have we might have a slightly different take yeah, on that. We'll get into that. Uh, in a but I found the original review from the New York Times, and uh, it opens with this: "The time-honored axiom of showmen." That the ladies don't go for baseball films, and that movies about baseball players have two strikes against them at the start has been easily circumvented by Metro in whipping up its technicolored take-me-out-to-the-ball game. So, they liked it. That's the whole review? That's not the whole review. Oh. That's... that's, (laughs) Yeah. They really got to the point. No, it's a it's a it's a pretty good review uh, in the Times. You can check it out on their website, which is cool. That's um, super cool. So for for people who haven't seen this movie,
0: which I'm assuming is probably most, yeah, uh, it's not exactly a classic. It's, yeah, well, in the, in the annals of baseball yeah.
1: movies, it's never mentioned. So let's let's just walk through a little bit of what this movie is about. So the movie opens in spring training. Yeah, uh, Well, first Florida. of all, the movie starts
0: with "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." That's the song, right. with, like the overture. The or, o- no-
1: yeah, it's, it's sort of an opening credits yeah. overture, beautiful orchestral version. For, of that yeah, song. with
0: like the the, the old timey opening credits where it's like painted and it's nice. It
1: looks like if anybody's seen the uh, the mascots that they have for the Cincinnati Reds, the little you know, cartoon the guys. Old, yeah. yeah, with the old hats and yes, yeah, 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 yeah. and all that.
0: Because This movie well first this movie takes place in what year? Nineteen oh eight. Nineteen oh eight, which is not nineteen forty nine. So That's right. <laughs> they're like romance the right, right away, they're romancing an era of baseball past.
1: Exactly, exactly. In fact, we'll get into this a little bit later, but this movie came from Gene Kelly. So he thought of the idea. Oh, really? Yeah, he kind of he had the idea for the movie and he was a big baseball fan and he wanted to sort of honor At the yeah. time he said he wanted to honor the old You know, the old school players, the old version of the game. So, you know, that was in 49. That's great. (laughs) This game is so old there's okay. so much baseball
0: <laughs> okay so it opens and it literally opens with them singing
1: doesn't it, it o- well it opens in spring training oh with the manager everyone That's everyone right. is gathered yeah. together except the two stars and yeah. everyone's like where are O'Brien and Ryan
0: first of all when we were watching this they, they were. T- it was such old school like screwball comedy like yeah. speak we, we pause and we are like okay we need subtitles we need I have no <laughs> idea
1: what they're saying <laughs> Yeah,
0: literally like the first 30 seconds the manager is saying some crucial Plot uh yeah, yeah, details, yeah. and
1: we're like, I have no idea what's going on. We we do <laughs> And then we cut to Frank Sinatra and Gene Kelly as right uh, Gene Kelly is O'Brien and Frank Sinatra is Ryan, but really they're <laughs> Gene Kelly and Frank Sinatra. So right.
0: And quite. it turns out in the off-season, they're traveling vaudevillions. They're stars. traveling
1: vaudevillians, <laughs> And they are performing Take Me Out to the Ballgame.
0: I wish so hard that baseball players in the off season nowadays that would, be would do traveling musical Who would, be the,
1: musical re- who would be the best? Who would be the oh, best?
0: Oh, that's a good question. Right now?
1: Adrian Beltre.
0: Yeah, He's... you get Beltre out there. You get... Um...
1: I want to see the traveling comedy duo of uh, Yasiel Puig and Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> oh, my
0: God. I mean, that would be classic. Like, that would be great. The, yeah, they're so at odds all the time. That'd be great. I feel like I'm missing someone who's actually probably... Who would be a good performer. It would be pretty funny.
1: Uh, Joey Votto is supposed to have a good.
0: sense yeah, of Yeah, Joey Votto supposed to be. Really, he's always yeah. he's always messing with the all the fans. comedians. Always say he's really funny. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. All so, right,
0: well right, let's move on. Yeah, so yeah, they're well, traveling at a vaudeville show. Let's let and they're singing "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." They're doing which,
1: is kind of the best scene in the movie. <laughs> we get song yeah, and dance. It's and we get true. In fact, let's let's uh, take a listen to that first song. Oh yeah, which one? Uh, so this is Sinatra and Gene Kelly performing "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." All right, let's do it Okay, well. So that's, uh, <laughs> that's take me out to the ballgame. I think it's delightful. It I was love-
0: delightful. You know what's weird? In the movie, they're dancing. And th- this is the first time we're introduced. We see these characters. That's right. They they're see- talked about in the scene prior, and then it's like, oh, look, here are the baseball players, and they're yeah, dancing yeah, yeah. and singing. Why were they wearing, like, if their show is about them being baseball players, like, they're wearing, like... Turn of the century, like like zoot suits, zoot suits. Yeah, yeah why like, weren't they wearing like fun baseball that's, uniforms? Uh,
1: well, they got they, you know they got canes and hats <laughs> and stuff. I mean, they're in vaudeville. They're vaudeville. What do you I mean? Know, but there's costumes in vaudeville. They can in, wear them. Yeah, anyway. They're wearing costumes.
0: <laughs> so I'm just saying right away, it's like really confusing. You're like, oh wait, are yeah. these the wait, baseball are these, players? Are
1: these dancing yeah. clowns? Also, the baseball players—is <laughs> this is who that, we
0: were talking about? Okay, that's true.
1: I mean, it's a great scene. You know, you get—it is fun.
0: It's—it's it's classic. They're good
1: singers. Yeah, you get some nice. There's a nice top yeah, dance scene. Yeah, Frank Sinatra and,
0: and Gene Kelly, good singers. Yeah, you could do. Worse. You can tell right away, though, that Gene Kelly is such a better dancer than Frank Sinatra. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. Immediately, like yeah. there's a couple moves where they like got on the floor, and Frank was like a good piece behind. He's, he's yeah. trying
1: to. He's <laughs> he's struggling to keep up. Because <laughs> let's be honest. It's Gene
0: fucking Kelly. Yeah, he's amazing. He's, he's,
1: he's, he's the, the best answer. the guy. Yeah. Uh, he's wonderful. Okay. So uh we on. Have, we have this, great, have this great vaudeville scene. Yeah. And then they arrive back at spring training and uh, immediately begin bragging to the other players. Yeah. About yeah. their uh, sexual exploits. Yeah. While Which, on tour.
0: you know, it's locker room talk, right? <laughs> they're, they're sports guys, but... Dang, it's like it's
1: got a history. Locker room talk. Yeah, uh, it's.
0: Uh, let's just say this movie would not. There's a lot of problematic stuff
1: in it. I. I, I <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's. Uh, so you know, don't take our word for it. Yeah, just listen to it. Listen to it. Listen to it. This is uh, yes Indeedy. <laughs> Kissed a gal in old Wyoming She rode a horse
0: in a Wild West show When I said, baby, I'm bent on roaming She cried, we just got started And she sighed, we can't be parted But I left her brokenhearted
1: at the rodeo Oh, yes, indeed Yes, indeed, indeed, yes, indeed The boy said no Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed.
0: I left her broken hearted at the rodeo. Kiss- Whew. Yeah. All right. That's okay. a song that existed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it hasn't aged well. No. <laughs> not in the slightest.
1: Yeah, this was this this was where the movie started to take a bit of a turn for. Yeah, which is, honestly,
0: like, I don't know, fucking 10 minutes in. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is what? Scene number two?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that whole... So we didn't play it for you, but there's a verse at the end where he talks about... D- 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 romancing romancing a girl in mississippi a southern belle a southern belle uh, and he there, his kisses were from heaven and then he finds out that she was 11 and he had to go and everyone's like oh, hilarious Oh, that's so funny <laughs>
1: uh yes indeed yes indeed <laughs> yeah it's a little uh, uh little little problematic there a little bit just a tiny bit i will say hopefully uh you know at the end of the song there is the kind of reveal of Goldberg comes and he's like, "Hey, you guys are the biggest liars in all of baseball."
0: Right? They kind of and everybody around. has a laugh about it. Wow, that's so funny.
1: But uh, I don't know. Yeah,
0: the rest of the movie, his behavior does not seem like he's <laughs> yeah, lying about what he's saying. It, uh,
1: it doesn't doesn't really back that up. Not at all. So,
0: so and even like even if he even if he lied about like yeah, he's like, like oh you're eleven like you still like wanted to is, have sex with an eleven year old. <laughs>
1: even if he's even if he's lying, he's like, "How do I brag to the guys?" Oh, yeah. I. I this this is a great idea. Let me say that I did this. Uh, I don't know. I don't not not the best choice.
0: Anyway, so then they get the news that the team got bought. The
1: team uh that's right. the team is passed Is either bought or passed, I don't remember. It is passed to the <laughs> Oh, new like owner. in the will.
0: Yeah, I think maybe you're right. Yeah, yeah. it's
1: inherited by Casey Higgins. who's right. going to be the new owner and everybody's guessing what is he going to be like.
0: Everyone's upset about it. Yeah,
1: they 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 have a pretty loose structure you know ordinarily the rules are pretty stringent about uh you know you can't go out at night during spring training you're supposed to be right. getting ready for the season and the guys have been kind of uh,
0: they go out to taking advantage go of to go, go yeah. to bars to get
1: girls that's and stuff. right yeah uh just a grand old time for the, so, bo- yeah. for the boys
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, and then there's a, a pretty delightful twist
1: that's right one of the team executives goes to the train station to pick up casey higgins <laughs> and he's asking around and kind of bumps into her Figures out a name and he yeah. says, "Oh, he's a girl. He's a girl." <laughs> he yeah, thinking? so it
0: turns out the owner of the team is a girl, and they're all extremely sexist towards her because, oh, she's a girl owning a baseball team. They yeah. women don't know nothing about baseball.
1: That's <laughs> that's, that's period accurate. Thank you. That's, that's pretty cool. much. Uh, yeah. So, so of course, this is kind of you know the, the the crux of the movie of you've got these two you know sort of womanizing sexist right. you know playboy guys who now have to take orders from the woman owner. right
0: who who has proves in a couple scenes that she's actually very knowledgeable about baseball and That's can right. play baseball
1: totally a, a wonderful executive she's she's by far the best character in this movie 100% she's super smart there's a
0: moment the really actually cool moment when uh, like they're taking batting practice and a ball comes at her and she turns around and in a dress fields it and then like yeah. throws it really well
1: and it's they're all like Whoa. Yeah, they they can't believe it actually I wrote she, it down what what well she did oh go ahead
0: I wrote oh, <laughs> I wrote down what Frank Sinatra said in that moment and it's amazing it's like love at first sight when he sees that and he says uh, wouldn't it be wonderful to marry a girl who could play baseball and it's just like uh, it, yeah kind of yeah, kinda, yeah. <laughs> kinda, yeah. <laughs> if you let them maybe you should let them. <laughs>
1: Yeah, amazing. What you going to say? Yeah, well, she also, uh, she sees that uh, Gene Kelly is kind of horsing around in the batter's box, not taking batting practice. That's right, yeah, yeah, And not doing well. And she comes in, and she says, oh, you're stepping in the bucket. And, like, shows him what to do. Right. And, sure enough, he, oh, no, it's not Gene Kelly. It's Sinatra. Sinatra. No, I thought
0: it was Gene Kelly. Was No, because Sinatra's
1: anyway. taking it seriously. That's what it is. Sinatra's <laughs> struggling, and she tells him what to do. You sure? I thought it was Gene Kelly. Sorry, and don't. then... No, because then later Gene Kelly comes up to her mm-hmm. when she's in the batter box and tries to put his hands all over her. Oh God! Yeah, it's it's not good.
0: <laughs> That's right. He gets all. He does that classic like, "No, what you want to do?" And his yeah. arms come around. It's like, but dude, but the
1: advice that she gives Sinatra it the works. Advice it yeah. works. It's a real thing. I looked it up. Actually, really to take a, a little mini inside baseball. So the advice that she gives Sinatra is, uh, she says, "You're stepping into the bucket." What stepping in the bucket is is when you kind of as you hit. You know, you want to take a step to build up the momentum for your swing, right. right? You want to step directly towards the pitcher, and sort of be most in sync, in in opposite of the way that the ball is coming back to you. Stepping in the bucket means you're kind of taking a step towards third base. Some of the ball players they try and open up their stance. You know, if the ball looks like it's coming right. too far inside,
0: super pull it, yeah,
1: yeah, and uh, and so they in reacting and stepping to sort of hit at the same time, they kind of step in the wrong direction, which we call stepping in the bucket.
0: And the, the bucket was because there was a the, the, all the shagged balls were next to them in the bucket? Or like, I wonder... I feel like that's what mm, was I happening. Because I, I feel like <laughs> in the movie there was a literal bucket next that's to them. That's true. Wasn't there? Yeah, that's true. I it think also, it was the balls. It also the might be
1: the, the, you know, the square of the batter's box. Oh, it's possible, yeah. You know, might be part of it. But well,
0: there was an actual bucket.
1: Regardless. Yeah, that's cool. She knows what the hell she's talking she about. She knows
0: what she's talking she's about. She's great. And that's they cool. were Shocked.
1: So we then we then sort of move to the, you know, we kind of move through spring training a little bit. The players are all having dinner now. Right. And they're trying to figure out, you know, how do we act around a woman? Oh, we, we can't be animals at the table. But mind your manners. Yeah. They, yeah they, they don't make a, swear. Make a huge show of, of uh, being polite. But uh, But we do get into a little bit. Casey Higgins is asking about, you know, what's special about this team? And there's a write-up in the newspaper about... The double play combination right. of O'Brien to Ryan to Goldberg, who's the first baseman. And then they burst into song. I'm shocked. <laughs> let's let's take a listen to O'Brien to Ryan to Goldberg. O'Brien to Ryan to Goldberg. What a great double play. The other team never can get to score in every inning we keep them from winning each time that they try for a rally that's when we save the day
0: someone's on first and the game is in doubt the guy up at bat hits a terrible cloud the dust clears away and they're both of them out o'brien
1: All yep. right, so that's a that's a pretty accurate musical depiction of a double play. I
0: will say, as it was happening, I was <laughs> like, I don't think I ever thought I'd be seeing a musical number about about a double play. A double play. Yeah,
1: what what a specific.
0: Extreme, I mean, like it was, but it's also the only baseball song in the movie. It's the only thing about baseball in
1: that, this movie. That's true. Yeah. Uh, besides, I mean, take me Out to the ball game is about. I mean, yeah, but yeah, the, kinda, they didn't write that song. Yeah, you know what that's mean? right.
0: But yeah, it's a, it's a cool... Uh, it's probably my favorite song in the movie, I guess. It's a fun
1: number. Yeah, it's, it's a fun, fun. There's there's some good dancing. I mean, yeah. look, all of these are like, if it gives Gene Kelly a platform to dance for a couple minutes... It's literally the whole point of the movie. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: every movie he did was like, this is a vehicle for Gene Kelly's feet.
1: Let's just, <laughs> let's just, let's just give him a stage. Yeah. And uh, we'll film it, I guess.
0: Exactly. But yeah, this song was cool because it was about a double play.
1: So uh, after this we see Casey Higgins is sort of tightening down on the rules, and of course the guys will get fined if they go out at night. You know, right. you gotta be in bed at a certain time, keep up your strength, stamina, Which for Which she doubles, the
0: right? It was like that's 25, 25
1: bucks. 25 bucks? Yeah. In 1908. That's, that's a lot. And then she was like, it's 50, it's 50 now. 50 now. Yeah. Good for her. <laughs> I mean, she's the boss come on that's great yeah so so the guys sort of conco- Brian Ryan and Goldberg kind of con- uh, concoct this plan to break out and the plan is they're gonna send Frank Sinatra who by the way yeah is the inexperienced one with women,
0: right? He doesn't know anything about women. Gene Kelly, who I guess you said like was this is his pet project, so he was like, I gotta look great. Yeah, <laughs> He's like I fuck, I'm the best with women. And Sinatra's
1: like, What do I say? Yeah, yeah. That that. Uh, uh, so if you want to see a real piece of fiction, yeah, <laughs> Frank Sinatra's the one tongue-tying around women. The,
0: In the beginning of the scene, the one note I took was Frank Sinatra slides on a palm tree. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. they're like on a balcony, and then he, to get to her, he literally slides on a real palm. So so
1: they they concoct this plan of Sinatra, who knows nothing about women. Right. You go out, romance her, and then she'll immediately want to go on a date with, a triple date with all yeah, of us. Yeah, we'll go
0: on a triple date. Or maybe she'll be distracted, and then
1: they can go out.
0: I think they're you trying win. to
1: get her out, was not, It was not the clearest. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, let's loosen her up. Right. And then we can all go out together.
0: And also, like, the beginning of that scene is them seeing her swim in the pool. That's and they're right. like, damn. See? She
1: is a real girl. It's... <laughs> it's... Yeah, it's... <sighs> d- ah. Again,
0: problematic. And then... Um, <laughs> So oh, he he's so, like nervous talking to her,
1: but uh, they they have a nice little scene. They connect over baseball, right? They, they both, connect. That's well, the then he, but then he just
0: starts singing, and it's like, yeah, dummy, you're Frank Sinatra. <laughs> just sing. Rem- that's all remember, you have to do. Yeah, remember, remember that? Hello. Yeah. So but they it's nice. Yeah.
1: They have a nice little scene, but uh, of course he comes back and he's like, Oh shucks, she's so lovely. Right. He. Falls and the other guys are like, well, we're supposed to go out. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the whole point. He screwed it up. Yeah. And then so, Gene Kelly tries. So Gene Kelly says, "She look." They just had a really nice moment. That's great. I'm gonna put that aside. <laughs> I'm gonna go out there, and and romance her. Yeah, almost like a Kanye interrupting. It really something. was. Like, yeah, that's great. I'm, I'm happy for you, but but I need I'm to the get, guy get of all lucky. Time. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but still, again, weird plan of like I need to get out of here. Yeah. So I'm gonna get in with the boss.
1: That's right. She didn't like that guy. So pivot. Pivot. Three seconds later.
0: Yes. Here me- I am. Here I am. <laughs> also sliding down a palm tree. So
1: lucky to have me. An- yeah.
0: It's- <laughs> and it doesn't go well,
1: which is yeah, good. Uh, I'm I'm shocked that Gene Kelly gave himself this part. <laughs> I can't believe it.
0: But yeah, it doesn't go well. And she's like, "You owe me fifty
1: dollars." Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They they uh, they have a nice little chat, and then she's like, "By the way, can't go out because of the curfew, and also you're out past curfew. Fifty dollars. Right. Which is fun so the season then begins this is a nice little scene teddy roosevelt is at this opening game which is really fun there's yeah that was cool there's a nice little gag they give him a bat yeah and they say can you hold this big stick
0: and he's just like, of course
1: That's yeah. <laughs> <I'm> teddy roosevelt <laughs> that's, the, that's some inside baseball with teddy roosevelt yeah. humor yeah
0: uh, <laughs> such a specific crowd yeah <laughs> i'm very happy right now <laughs>
1: We love it, and so they actually uh they lose the first game of the season, partly right. because Gene Kelly can't stop arguing with the umpire oh and, uh, that's uh, right uh, eventually Casey Higgins comes out shows that she can stand with the boys, and she argues with the right, umpire as argues. well
0: what was he what was he arguing about balls and strikes
1: uh yeah, he was arguing balls and strikes and and i mean it was it was sort of the classic like you but, don't know yeah. you can't you can see a strike yeah. if it, you know <laughs> yeah he was coming back blue yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. And the, uh, the umpire just kept saying play ball. That's all he would say. Yeah, he just kept saying the name of our podcast over and over again.
1: <laughs> Got some nice free publicity from that. that
0: that's very good. Uh, in, in 1949, yeah. <laughs> we're getting, ready to, getting all those kids who are now uh, our parents ready to listen.
1: We, we also are introduced some, to some important side characters here. Uh, Mr. Logan, who is a kind of local gangster. He's, I guess. He's yeah. betting on the team. Uh, and we see him lose... They lose the first game, so he loses his first bet. And he's like, yeah, this will get better. It's all right. Yeah. He's not too worried. Uh, we also meet Shirley, who is a crazy fan. Of the team, so weird sees Frank Sinatra and instantly immediately falls in love
0: with him. is like I need to have sex with that guy. Yeah, that's also,
1: she sings a whole song about it about yeah. it's fate that we're together. Well, no,
0: but, but it's it comes out of nowhere. Cause she's they've they've established that's, that's right Sinatra and and Esther Williams so we've got a love triangle. Yeah, and then it's like oh wait this chick you've never met in the yeah. movie before it comes up. And she's like Sinatra, I love you. and yeah. he's like uh, and he wants nothing to do with yeah. her. He
1: tries to run away because she's so
0: aggressive. And right, she
1: chases him all through the stadium and there's
0: a whole song. Right, where she's chasing him, which is a nice, refreshing change of what... It's, she's basically doing what Gene Kelly was doing that's right. to everybody. Yeah, that's
1: true. There's a nice parallel. There's a I, nice I, I parallel, right.
0: So that. it's kind of nice, I guess. But it was really random. Yeah. They did not earn that at all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. it. it we'll, we'll talk about it when we review the movie a little bit, but... So so we sort of move through the season. You know, we get kind of a montage of the team does pretty, despite losing that first game. The team does very well. Yeah. Um, You know, they're really high up in the standings. About halfway through the season, they're like seven and a half games ahead. Right. In the paper, that's pretty good. Uh, Again, a lot of it is because of this famed double play combo of uh, O'Brien to Ryan to Goldberg. So they're a good defensive team. Right. Wonder if they would. uh, Wonder how they would do with the shift. Probably would advance. (laughs) Probably would advance the idea of the shift. They had it back then. So then uh, after this montage, you know, the team's doing pretty well. We have a nice little break, midsummer break, and there's a big clambake. And they sing a song just, about how great America
0: is. Yeah, out of nowhere. <laughs> it's just like, hey, we need a song that's America because uh, baseball's America. The, so. l-
1: and the lyrics are, they're literally, it's just like, <laughs> lemonade and apple pie yeah. and fireworks on this the 4th of America July. America great. That's America. That's yeah. America. That's the song. Hot dogs and, and here's some clams, corn on the I ca- guess. Yeah, yeah. The clam bake. And then it
0: transitions to Gene Kelly doing a weird Irish dance. Yeah,
1: he they they do this whole sort of Irish jig, and he does this very long tap dancing routine. Which
0: honestly, best part of the movie. It was great,
1: actually. <laughs> actually, he had had I read that he had had that in mind for a while. He was like,
0: I, "That's what I the movie do, was built
1: around.
0: <laughs> I, I want to do a baseball movie, and in this baseball movie, I, I want to do, do an Irish jig. traditional Irish dance."
1: <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so he had had this sort of big set piece, you know, planned for right. some time. And and again, any time the movie just sort of shuts up and gets out of its own way and you can see Gene Kelly do this great tap dancing, it's yeah. delightful. It was so, delightful. You know, it's it's pretty good. We also, you know, kind of get on the exposition train here and speed through some relationships. Oh, my God. We kind of... In we kind of, five minutes. Yeah. They're sort of like, who's going to be with who? Yeah. Uh, Gene Kelly you're going to be with Casey Higgins. We're not going to putz around anymore. Sinatra, yeah. it's not going to work out. So we'll send you to all of a sudden. It was crazy. He loves Shirley.
0: Yeah. So it, he just decided 180 at the beginning of the scene, at the beginning of the, this whole sequence, we have Sinatra pining after Esther Williams That's and right. Shirley pining after Sinatra right. and Gene Kelly being like, ah, I don't give a shit, but I know that Sinatra wants Esther Williams. Right. And by the end of this number, we have Gene Kelly <laughs> and Esther Williams in love yep. and Sinatra and Shirley. Yeah, we love each other now. It yeah. was like in what?
1: <laughs> I just, uh, I mean, you know they they I guess they do that you know they got five minutes here, so yeah. let 's do thirty four thirty five seconds of a plot, and then Gene Kelly did that 's I mean pretty much know, pretty much I have to say they knew why we were there, you yeah, know like the filmmakers yeah.
0: know why it didn 't matter because you' are in the theater that man 's feet were on fire,
1: <laughs> so uh, we were sort of moving towards the climax here, and basically the crux of the climax is. Uh, the gangster, Mister Logan. Right. He's bet heavily.
0: Who ag- they've barely
1: established. Yeah, yeah. He's he's sort of shown up in one or two scenes. Uh, <laughs> he bets very heavily against the the team is the wolves. Right. He bets heavily against the wolves. So his plan is he is going to lure uh, O'Brien, Gene Kelly's character, away from the team. Right. By offering him the chance to perform full time, something he can't say no to, in his bar, and he says they're not, gonna have not money, just like dude. Guess what? Yeah, you're gonna be performing in the bar. Tons of women. It's gonna. That's be right. Great. That
0: was the selling point. Or wasn't yeah. It wasn't that you get to perform? He's like, oh, that sounds pretty good. And then he was like, the in this musical I've that I'm got gonna cast 40 you. Forty women. Yeah, there's forty women, series. and he's like, well,
1: forty? Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah, that sounds good. So, so <laughs> his plan. Is uh, uh, Gene, He talks Gene Kelly into joining his, his show at the bar. Right, but the so, rehearsals are, what is it? At nighttime. Right. So during the day, he's playing. At nighttime, he's rehearsing. Which is against the rules. That's right. So he's sneaking out. And also, it starts to affect his performance. Right, he's double dipping. He's too tired. I wonder if every player on the San Diego Padres is secretly rehearsing <laughs> at nighttime. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, sure. They're so, like, we've been rehearsing for this show that we've been making for the last decade.
1: It's <laughs> gonna be better than uh, uh, any season we've had. So, <laughs> we see them go through this losing this losing streak, and uh, at the end, uh, Casey Higgins sort of finds out, right? Uh, Gene Kelly's gonna quit. The show, right? He says he he's reaffirmed his love of baseball. He's going right. to quit the show. He's
0: feeling bad. All the guys are like, "What's what, what's
1: wrong?" Yeah, yeah. But then, uh because the, he tries to quit on the gangster, the gangster comes and reveals what's been going on to Casey. To Casey. Well,
0: right before that, the, the it's finally revealed to the both of Gene Kelly and Casey Higgins or Esther Williams that they both love each they,
1: other. They reveal
0: their love, right? And they have this kiss. And I wrote down the the, the line. And it's, honest, best line of the movie, best oh, line. Give it to me. It should be in every baseball movie. Give it to me. He, um, they're, like, talking. They're like slowly moving towards each other for the kiss. Uh, she says, it's about your batting average, and you've been making a lot of errors. <laughs> and he says,
1: am I making one now? And then he kisses her. I love
0: it. And it was like, okay, that's a good line. There's also,
1: I was, I was re-watching it yesterday just to prepare for the show. He also, like, he admits that he's a jerk, and he says, I've been such a foul ball. <laughs> I love it. I want to I use that. That is he, so. If I put my foot lame. in my mouth, I could be like, oh, "I'm such a foul ball, guys." I'm sorry. <laughs> but then Mr. Logan comes in, messes everything up, and uh, Casey Higgins fires Gene Kelly. She kicks right. him off the
0: team because she's like, "How dare you!" Right? You've been lying.
1: And they, they continue in their slump right uh, so poor they play so poorly she kicked poorly. him off the team i feel like that wasn't very clear was that clear in the movie oh yeah she oh, lets, it? Oh, she okay. lets him go and then and then mr logan says i'm not going to i was just thinking about how balling that off line the show. was i guess he gets right. he, so he loses the team and the vaudeville act right both in one fell swoop right uh so it's sort of the team is terrible and he tries to concoct this plan to get back on it and we kind of end up uh in the final game of the season it's like a playoff to playoff game to uh, make the playoffs? To, make, to win the pennant. To win the pennant, right. They, they tie with the Cleveland Indians, and uh, they have to play a one-game playoff. Right. Uh, so <laughs> what happens is Gene Kelly, basically what happens is Gene Kelly tries to get back on the team. He ends up back at the stadium right. with all these kids chanting they sort of let everybody know, O'Brien, oh, oh, we want O'Brien, yeah. we want a
0: Brian. What, what makes him go back to the stadium was he just like, I gotta get back to baseball. Yeah, yeah. He just
1: he sees that the team is losing and right. he, he and it's the day we, of the game. Yeah. So he so he shows up at the stadium and Shirley, who is privy to Mr. Logan's the gangster, his plan, yeah. lets Frank Sinatra know you can't let him play Wait, 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 wait. the gangsters wait, will take him out.
0: Wait, wait, let's back up. Back up real quick. The way he gets back on the team yeah. is he shows up at the ballpark and he's just like, how am I going to get back in there? And then there's these kids there. And he, That's then right. you see the moment of like, I know what I'll do. And then the kids come up. They're like, hey, O'Brien, O'Brien, O'Brien. And he's like, yeah, hey, I'm O'Brien. Yeah. And then they're like, come in, come in. Yeah. And they drag him in. And then they're like, it's sitting in the stands. And like all the kids around him are like, look, it's O'Brien, look! And they start cheering, and then slowly all the people around him are like, oh my god, it's O'Brien! And then he gets lifted up and brought down to the field, and it was like... That was your plan?
1: Uh, you yeah. assumed all of this would happen? It, that's how uh, Indiana Jones escapes from the Nazis. <laughs> all the children show up. And I guess that's true. A, that wasn't a, his plan. Sulla sent those kids. Yeah, but I'm just saying it's, a, it's an effective technique. It's a really dumb plan. <laughs> it works.
0: It gets yeah. it back on the team, and then yes, Get then a Shirley bunch of kids
1: to do it for you.
0: <laughs> that's the. So then Shirley's like Frank. You can't let him play. Yeah.
1: They have to win this game right. to to make to win the pennant right make it to the World Series and Shirley says to Sinatra you can't let him play because the gangsters are going to try to stop him from right playing. they're going to
0: hurt him so so you need to you need to not let him play yeah
1: you need to hurt him first it's so confusing. It's, it doesn't make any sense, really. So
0: they do this, like, which, oh, we forgot to mention, they established in a prior game that before some of these games, they do like a fun vaudeville act.
1: Yeah, like a little comedy.
0: Yeah, they're like team. clowns and they're like, they have a, a big old bat and a they, softball. A softball. They each
1: other on the head. Right.
0: Oh, and okay. so during this one, it. Frank Sinatra switches the softball for a real
1: ball. And, uh, and he beans him in the head. Beats him on the head to protect him from the gangsters. Who might try and hurt him to yeah. keep him off the field. So it's
0: like, I, it doesn't make any sense. It's so it's like, yeah. why not just win the game? Yeah,
1: It really just feels like they ran out of steam. It's and so weird. They're trying to get, you know, some shenanigans. Or- <laughs> You know, the gangsters then they they sort of kidnap Gene Kelly and they bring him to the clubhouse and they pose as doctors so they won't.
0: Well, yeah, they take him out the field and yeah, the the gangsters are like, don't come in here.
1: And then the ballplayers all sort of figure out what's going on. Right. And they're able to to get him him back. Right.
0: Yeah. And Gene Kelly wakes up because, by the way, he's been knocked out this whole time. Yeah. I like he could be in a coma. Yeah. (laughs) Way to go, Frank. You really protected him from harm.
1: Getting (laughs) beaned in the head, man. Ow. Enough to knock him cold. Yeah,
0: for like half an hour. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so then he wakes up, Gene Mm -hmm. Kelly, and he's immediately angry at Frank Sinatra. He's like,
1: he did it on purpose. Yeah. So he, he, he comes out to the field to go after him. Yeah. And Sinatra's on first base. So he runs after him, and the guys are holding him back. And right. they're like, if you want to catch him, get a hit. And
0: yeah, he's like, you got yeah, yeah, um, I'll, I'll do that. And this is like literally the ninth inning. It's like two outs, and yeah. they're down by like a run. Yeah,
1: everyone else is invested tied. in the game. Yeah. And he comes out, and sure enough. And they,
0: they just, just let him back in the lineup. Yeah. Like, buddy, you got to tell them. It's a, too late.
1: He's a pinch hitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pinch hitter. <him. laughs> so, sure enough, he gets a hit, you know, chases. He gets a home run, I thought. Is that it? Yeah, that's right. He hits a home run yeah. and chases sinatra around right and the
0: only reason yeah the only reason yeah. he wants to get on base is to beat up sinatra
1: yeah. so so he's chasing after sinatra all around the bases on his home run trot the whole crowd comes out and and that was a fu- i've celebrates. never seen
0: i don't think i've seen that before in a baseball movie it was a funny gag where he's chasing him all right like sinatra's For a different trot.
1: purpose right
0: they're both doing the home run trot but they're really chasing each other because yeah. they're angry which is so they
1: they pass home plate they go around again Right. You know, but then the crowd comes out and sort of lifts everybody. And then Gene Kelly's mad and he's like, ah, we won. Yeah, we won the pennant.
0: You didn't, I'm not angry. You almost yeah. murdered me <laughs> to stop me from getting murdered? That Doesn't make any sense.
1: Uh, yeah. And then, of course, uh, how does this movie end? <laughs> the only way it can. The only way. With the vaudeville song. Yeah. It uh, cuts, cuts to a stage. It cuts to a stage. Gene Kelly and Frank Sinatra come out and they sing a song about... <laughs> How at the end of the movie you just watched, Gene Kelly gets this girl, and Frank Sinatra gets that girl. Like, they use their names. Yeah, Kelly gets Williams, and Sinatra Sinatra gets...
0: uh, Whatever her name was. Yeah, and... It's very meta.
1: And this movie has to end on a happy note because yeah. that's how the author wrote it. Something like that.
0: Yeah, literally, it's like this weird epilogue of like, we were in this movie yeah. you just watched, <laughs> and now it's over. Yeah.
1: You weren't here for baseball and the <laughs> narrative. You were here <laughs> to see some song and dance. Ta-da! Now yeah, it's over. And we're just giving it to you. See you in the next bullshit one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, that, so uh, that's the whole movie. That's Take Me Out to the ball game. Which also was a big hit at the time. Uh-huh. Uh, it was pretty success- so successful, uh, that it got Gene Kelly and Frank Sinatra their next movie together, which was On the Town, which is sort of their big Okay. Their big sort of starring duo. Wow. Movie. That one's a a, a bit so. more of a classic than this one.
0: <laughs> so the only the big the, the biggest claim to fame this movie has is that it made art yeah. on the town happen. Right.
1: Got that other movie <laughs> that uh people like better. <laughs> Great. So, let's talk about this movie for a little bit. Yeah. So, again, just some sort of historical background. Uh, so, this was Gene Kelly's idea, was the idea for this movie. He was okay. a big baseball fan, uh, and he had the idea, you know, all if you sort of make sense, if you look at all of his movies, they all have these sort of big, the, you know, th- this big stage. Yeah. We'll do a movie about baseball. Sling in the Rain is about movie making. Sure, yeah. American in Paris, you know, they're going to take this big canvas and do this sort of fun you know, yeah. I guess palette. It was kind of the
0: formula pieces. at the time, too, for musicals yeah, in general. Yeah, totally.
1: It, it was it was a genre. I mean, it was its own genre. 100%. The big studio, song and dance, comedy of errors with some romance and yeah. lots of fun. Gene Kelly actually uh, almost pursued a career as a shortstop with uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Get the heck out of here. Yeah, that was his hometown. He loved baseball. Again, that's yeah. sort of why he wanted to do this movie. Almost was a shortstop. Which I feel like he would have been great at. Are you <laughs>
0: serious? He tried out and
1: everything. I, I don't know if he tried out, but he considered it and wow. like could have gone on to do it. And now the Pittsburgh Pirates, whenever there's a rain delay, they play "Singing in the Rain," which is, is that delightful.
0: like an actually yeah. like a little tip of the hat. Yeah, because I wonder how many people know that because he cool. loves
1: because he loved baseball. Wow, so much. Uh, is he from Pittsburgh? Yeah, that's oh, right. Okay, cool. Uh, so. Paul, what did you think of this movie? What did I think of this movie?
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> I thought it was what whatever. <laughs> I, I think mostly I'm I'm my negative opinion of it is that I really wanted it to be good, yeah, like really good. I
1: was so excited about this movie. I was
0: excited too, and then it just kept disappointing me every every turn yeah, i was like okay it, all it right. just
1: you know even even i think the things that it does well yeah you know the the dancing yeah. the especially Jim there's some good
0: stuff in it but. yeah
1: even the things that it does the couple scenes it does well they're just a step below the heights that these guys can achieve. Yeah. You know, none of the songs particularly stick out. None of the dance routines are as good as I'd say three or four of the numbers and like singing in the rain. No. And yeah. American
0: The only, the best one is really that, that the Irish jig one that we mentioned. Yeah. yeah. That,
1: you, you really see Gene Kelly's talents on display yeah. with that one. And it just, yeah, it doesn't age well. You know, it no, really like we've, all that we've been joking stuff. about it, but yeah. it it really was kind of probably we were watching it like one of
0: Whoa. my notes is literally Gene Kelly is very rapey. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's it's really too bad because I actually I think this would be a great movie to remake yeah, right now.
0: The elements were there.
1: Yeah, it it has all and these pieces. And I feel
0: like pieces. I wonder if when we when we watch Major League I want cuz Major League has that uh, that same Device of like oh we're now owned by like a woman manager yeah. now um,
1: the love triangle that they set up mm-hmm. you've got the cocky asshole they set up
0: so much that had such great potential and they just it never really paid off yeah, as it, well as we wanted it and, to
1: and I think we found with a couple scenes too there's a scene where it's just they kind of let's wrap up everything in, in two seconds and you're totally. like wait wait what they just yeah, made some yeah. deci- you know they there was a really nice Sort of build up, and then they just kind of wrapped it up to move things along. Totally. You know, that, that felt like that happened three or four times. So many
0: times in this movie. And also, like it's a it's a musical. I love musicals.
1: Yeah. It's
0: Lestat does. Lestat just too. He's, Speaking, singing, he's singing. He's singing one right now. <laughs> We're leaving this in. We're super leaving this in. <laughs> that is Paul's cat. That's my that's my wife and my cat. His name's Lestat, uh, after the and Rice novel. <laughs> He's a thousand years old. Legit. Um you done, buddy? Think Great. We're, think we're good. Um what was I saying? it's music. I love musicals. Yeah. Good musicals, the musical numbers, mm-hmm. numbers should forward the plot, right? Yeah. Or tell us something about the character, we don't know. They sure. should have some character development yeah, some forwarding in yeah, yeah. the plot. Bad musicals don't give a shit about that, and yeah. they're just like, "Here's another song, yeah, because it's time for a song now." And yeah. that this movie had like three or four songs like that. Yeah,
1: it's it's true. You know, I was I was looking for I got some positives written down. I was okay. I was
0: like You're trying to hunting for yeah. yeah
1: for some positives. Let's
0: hear your positives. Um,
1: first of all, just it it is a really nice example of just, like, classic 1950s musical filmmaking. Totally. Of just... It's pure
0: I, escapism. Yeah, no. pure
1: escapism. These big, involving, colorful set pieces, a yeah, couple of yeah. them in the movie. And also just, like, these really sort of beautiful, long, wide shots. You know, there are a couple scenes in this yeah. movie where it's just one shot for the whole scene. That's true. Kind of get everything across. Yeah. And it really, I you know, like, right before and right after this, I watched movies that are just more modern and it's the cutting is so quick. Yeah, it's you know, you know, ah And you just get kind of overwhelmed. And this was just like a little it, more space. Yeah, lets everything breathe. Sure. and framed up nicely. So I don't know. I
0: yeah, and then the it. escapism. It was cool. It was nice. The the romanticized of that era of baseball. Yeah, that was cool to see.
1: And I, I will say also this this movie for me too just proves that Gene Kelly was so He's talented. A beast. yeah, that guy. His tap dancing is excellent. And his, he's not I,
0: overrated. Like when people say he's a legend, yeah. there's a reason.
1: I really appreciated also in this one watching his physical comedy. Yeah. You know, that, that Yes Indeedy song is the lyrics so problematic. <laughs> but the way he kind of prances around and how he scrunches up his face. He's very his, Jim Carrey. Yeah, very yeah. Jim Carrey. esque totally.
0: Incredibly over the top. But he he made it work.
1: Yeah, he's so expressive. And it just yeah.
0: he also. OK, I told you this when we were watching it. And I don't I haven't really I haven't done the research, <laughs> uh, but he sounds like Wacko or Yakko, whichever the lead one is of the Animaniacs. Yeah. And I don't know if the guy who does the voice is doing that intentionally, but I showed you back to back. They sound so similar. It's wild. It's really weird. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Okay. Fun fact.
1: <laughs> and he's just yeah. He's just bursting with energy. Yeah. Through this whole movie, much yeah. like Yakko in yeah. the anime. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh. It's
0: it's whatever. That's the movie. Watch it. I think it's it has it. You, you should watch it if you're sure. interested in it. Yeah. It's, it's definitely worth checking out. Yeah.
1: It's you know, it exists.
0: <laughs> that double play song <laughs> is cool. Yeah. I mean, for it's, baseball nerds who yeah. like if you really want to see him musical number about baseball you know what, just youtube it it's true <laughs> youtube that musical a lot number. of the
1: music is on youtube yeah yeah i guess that's for me that's the sort of biggest fault of the movie is that it's not that one song is pretty problematic and the, the yeah. sexist characters and all that but it's not horrible it just could have been wonderful Completely. and the fact yeah. that you've got all these pieces you've got this comedy of errors plot yeah. you've got these great sort of big set pieces for dancing and, and music and all that. You've got these great stars. It could have been a classic. It could yeah, have been yeah. terrific. And it just... Yeah, it you know. was not. <laughs> yeah. It it just isn't.
0: All right. So, yeah. So, let's move on, I guess, to uh, the inside baseball, baseball in the movie portion. What do you I say? I
1: am so excited about this. Let's I do went it. went on a deep dive. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. So, this movie takes place in 1908. So okay. The baseball scene in 1908. There were 16 teams yeah. in all of baseball. That included in the American League, the New York Highlanders, mm-hmm. the Cleveland Naps. AP Naps. Naps. Named after their all-star second baseman and later manager, Napoleon LaHoy. They named a team after... This guy a player? made such an impact, they named the team wow. after him. That'd be
0: like, and in, now introducing the Michael Jordans. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, honestly, I could see it. <laughs> they should really
0: probably think about doing that, yeah.
1: <laughs> it, it also included the St. Louis Browns, who later became the Baltimore Orioles. Okay. The Washington Senators, who mm-hmm. later moved to Minnesota, became the Twins. And this was one of the first years of... The Boston Red Sox being named the Red Sox. Previously, they were the Pilgrims. Did they
0: play the Red Sox in the movie? I feel like they they did. That was the weird part about the movie That's is they right. they made up their team name. Like the team they played on didn't exist. Yeah, but they played real teams. all the, all the real teams. Yeah, I
1: like that. I kind of like that it was real teams. I wonder if they I wonder
0: if they couldn't get permission to be a team. That's true. That's true. Or if they didn't give a shit. Uh, also, in
1: 1908, in the National League, we had the Brooklyn Superbas, who later became the Dodgers. <laughs> what the heck? Because they were superb. Oh, uh, <laughs> wow! And we had the Boston Doves, <laughs> who later became the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> I feel like a lot of a lot of these early team names are just thrown at uh, the Naps. Yeah, yeah it sounds great. Sure, it's fine. sure that's cares? a thing that we can all uh, go Naps. Uh, we also had again in the American League, we had the White Sox, the Tigers, the Philadelphia A's. In the National League, we had the Chicago Cubs, the New York Giants,
0: hey, the Pirates, baby. the Phillies,
1: the Reds, the Cardinals. So. Some of the teams that we're used to seeing are already established, right. you know, 110 years ago. God damn. It. Uh, 1908 famously is the last year in which the Chicago Cubs won the World Series for their uh, 110 Good for them. year curse. Good for them. Yeah, they did it. <laughs> uh, and we will talk about that a little bit later in the show. Uh, but some of the some of the players at the time, some of the all stars, we had Honus Wagner who hit three fifty four that year.
0: I think we're two episodes in a row where we where we've mentioned that name now. Honus Wagner. Yeah. Did we mention about the hit the? Uh, yeah, the, baseball, the card. baseball card. Yeah.
1: That's right. Uh, Ty Cobb hit three twenty four as well. What a jerk. Christy Mathewson had thirty seven wins. That's amazing.
0: This, some of the old timey stats are just like
1: yeah. How, yeah. That's what? not that's not
0: possible. It's not humanly possible.
1: Uh, and and Cy Young. Mm-hmm. Uh, still pitching at the time. Finished the season with. An him.
0: award was pitching? What do you mean?
1: <laughs> uh, he finished the season with a 126 ERA. So. Oh my God. Amazing. How many games played? You don't know. Uh, not off the top of my Sorry. <laughs> Here comes That's the part all. of the show where Andrew
0: does research. And then I ask him about it. And he's like, Dick, I didn't do that much research. That's a running Sorry. segment. Sorry. Yeah. It's a running segment. That's just the whole show.
1: Okay. So let's talk about Take Me Out to the Ball Game, the song.
0: Oh, the movie? Oh, <laughs> Too late, buddy. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, uh, tell mistaken. me about
1: the song. Okay. First of all, uh, I, I'm not surprised that this movie exists. Right? Okay. Like, because of this song. Yeah, of course. Because it was a huge hit. Super popular. Right. And that was sort of Gene Kelly's thing. Like, Singing in the Rain was a song before. He was like, oh, oh yeah. Great. I didn't know that. that yeah. He oh, was like, cool. oh, that song? Yeah, let's let do a movie. That makes sense. Uh, I wanted to do this Irish thing. Let's right, throw that right, in. Right, Okay, yeah, that's enough, right? <laughs> that's, that's enough.
0: Can we talk about real quickly how it was such an American clam bake and then... Out of nowhere, he's yeah. like, Ireland's yeah. time. Gene Kelly,
1: do the Irish song. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go on. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so take me out to the ballgame. This is pretty cool. I found some cool stuff on this. Uh, it was a Tin Pan Alley song with music by Albert Von Tisler. Mm-hmm. Tilser? I feel
0: like I only know this name because it's always in the credits of, of Ken every Burns. <laughs> <laughs> Baseball.
1: Yeah, maybe. Uh, the lyrics were by Jack Norworth. It was written in... Nineteen oh eight, so this song was brand new oh, when wow. this movie.
0: Is taking place. So are they, are they saying that when they're singing it in the vaudeville number, that this is like no one's heard this song before?
1: I don't think so. It, so the, it are came, they saying they wrote it? <laughs> I don't think so. What happened was it came out in vaudeville. the... Yeah. the the guy who wrote it then went and got the musician. They put lyrics to it. He was married to an actress. He was actually married to a lot of actresses. Really? <laughs> of, uh, the Rizzler uh, one, guy? One after the other. Yeah. Uh, Jack Norworth. Oh, Jack, the other guy. So he was he was a vaudeville guy. He, yeah. he was friends with a lot of actresses, married to a lot of famous actresses. He wrote this song. Uh, it kind of blew up. And then everybody started to incorporate it into their own acts. Right. Because it was so popular. In vaudeville. In vaudeville. Got right. it. Right. So these guys, two baseball players, I think it's not a stretch to be like, let's do the baseball song. Right, yeah. That's, that's our whole act. <laughs> you know, there it is. So that's pretty accurate. You know, that's, wow. pretty, that's pretty true that to, is pretty cool. to what happened. The idea from the song came because the writer Jack like Norman The
0: movie should have been about the guy who wrote the song. I know, God. yeah.
1: I kind of want to... Yeah. <laughs> there, there are like five other movies, that I, <laughs> other versions of this movie that oh, would have been better. Such a shame. He was riding on a subway, and he saw a sign advertising, baseball today at the Polo Grounds. hey giants
0: baby that's do you like the giants paul andrew um welcome to the podcast called paul likes the giants oh cool yeah awesome i'd listen to that I like the giants
1: (laughs) here's here's another thing neither the the musician nor the lyricist was a baseball fan neither had been to a baseball game they were just
0: corporate sellouts they just just, wanted money
1: well no he just said oh there's a thing i can write a song about
0: Um, that would be poppy and opposite he's just an artist yeah
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) The first known time that it was sung at a ballpark yeah. was in 1934 at a high school baseball game in Los Angeles. Really? Yeah. It took basically 25 years for someone to go, "Well, let's sing the baseball song at the That everyone the already game. knows
0: because of the vaudeville circuit, I yeah, guess? Yeah, that's wow. right. This
1: was a, this was a what huge... What did you say, 1934? Game. 1934. Wow. So that's pretty cool that these two guys yeah. who were not baseball fans, they were... Yeah. They were performers yeah. and musicians, and they contribute to our game like the one thing that everybody knows about baseball. Everybody. It's the knows. single yeah. biggest thing. It, I, I'd wager there are more people out there <laughs> who know this song yeah. and can't name a single team.
0: Then, yeah, or, no, or name a one rule about yeah, baseball. Any, anything at all about yeah, baseball. But at least but, they probably know the melody at the very least. Yeah, yeah,
1: sure. Buy me some peanuts and crack. Like, you just fill in the song. It's, and, yeah. You know, once you hear a little bit. So, that's pretty cool. That yeah, is pretty cool. I would, again, like to see that movie. Let's go a little further. So... Further, a little let's dive a little deeper. So, uh, something else that a lot of people don't know about this song is that it actually has a, sort of a whole story with it. It's got lyrics, most people just know the chorus, the famous part that everybody knows. Sure, that's the chorus. Yeah, the yeah, song. yeah. But there's this sort of whole setup before and amongst that, and I've got. The original recording. Get
0: the heck. Is this what you texted me about? That no. you were so excited? No, that's oh. coming later. Oh, <laughs> Guess what, listeners? Last night, Andrew texted me like, dude, I had the best thing to tell you on the podcast. I'm like, all right, I can't we're wait. building the hype Okay, for that great. All right, up. so you're going to show us the full version? Yeah, of? let's
1: uh, let's just take a, a little bit of a listen to the original recording of this. Oh, that's cool. From 1908. Okay, here we go. On a Saturday, her young called to see if she'd like to go to.
0: Wow. Yeah, I think I have heard that before on on Ken
1: Burns. Ken Burns throws it in all the time. Right. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's great. Yeah, so there's a full set of lyrics to this song, uh, and it kind of tells this little story. Basically, what happens is there's this woman named Katie Casey, and Casey is baseball mad. She had the fever and had it bad, (laughs) and she just wanted to root for the hometown crew. And what happens in the song is on a Saturday... Her boyfriend comes over and he's like, "Let me take you out." And she says, "I will only let you take me out if you take me out to the ball game." She doesn't want to go on a date, uh, but she'll say, "You can accompany me once again to the ball game." Where's this movie? Yeah, exactly. What
0: was the movie? This.
1: Oh, it gets better. Okay. It gets better. So then we then we have the chorus. You know, take me out to the ball game, take me out to the blah, blah, blah. Yeah. blah famous thing. Uh, and then it goes on. It says Katie had seen all the games. She knew all the players and all their first names. She told the umpire that he was wrong all the time. And when the score was tied, when yeah. the score was just two to two, Katie Casey knew what to do just to cheer up the boys she knew. She made the gang sing this song Take me out to the ball game. We go back to the course. Wow. So. Katie, it's, like
0: a, it's like the prequel to Esther
1: Williams' character. Yeah, so, so she shows up. It's a tie game, okay. and she rallies the whole crowd and the whole team. Wow. And, and gets everybody cheering and singing, and you, know, you presume that they're going to go on to win the game. It's not actually presume, written sure. in the song, I guess, because the guys weren't fans. They're like, oh, we, we don't care what happens. We don't happens. know a what, baseball? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this is pretty cool. So I wanted to dive into this a little bit okay. and take a look at it. Yeah. So Katie Casey was not a real person. So right. she's a fictional character, but the writer of the song he knew a lot of uh, he was friends with a lot of women he knew a lot of singers, a lot of actors, and performers in the vaudeville circuit mm-hmm. and he he a couple of his wives all sang this song it sort of became so popular that he was married to a lot of actresses too You'd get married, write a hit song, <laughs> get divorced <laughs> watch
0: live in a life yeah. <laughs>
1: So, he sort of, again, is approaching this not as a baseball fan. Right. Okay? So, there's this sort of theory, and I got a lot of this from a wonderful essay. It's on this blog called Our Game. It's all about sort of the history of baseball, and the writer of this great essay is George Boswick. So, George Boswick wrote this really long essay, which okay. I can't get into the whole thing, but his, his... About the history of this song? About the history of this song. Okay. It's like chapters long. It's it's oh my nuts. god. Yeah. It was kind of amazing. Yeah. And then I saw how long it was and it sort of <clears throat> got a little intimidated. Yeah, not that amazing. <laughs> uh but the gist of his argument is that this song is sort of a great example of early feminist views of the twentieth century. Wow. Man. So, you know, the, the story of this song, basically, Katie Casey, she's rejecting romance. Uh she's saying, I'll only be with you all you can only accompany me if we go to the ball game yeah once she gets there she's actively participating she knows all the players she roots for the team she argues with the umpire stands up for her views right yeah much like we see in the movie actually Yeah. yeah totally uh with casey higgins and at the end she's the one who sort of takes over and leads the team you know rallying all the all the troops uh when the game is tied to presumably, go on and. and it not a movie. It sounds like a Pixar movie. Yeah, exactly I mean? right. I feel like Pixar could do
0: something with this.
1: Yeah. So he has this again. George Boswick has this great essay, sort of delving into the history of that. Katie Casey, you know her surname. She's probably Irish. So there's a whole thing about you know the the Irish fight for civil rights. You know, yeah. in the early 20th century. Also, this was 10 years or so before uh, the women's suffrage movement. Right, yeah. So, uh, it, was, it was,
0: well, I mean, the movement had been going that, throughout right, that whole but time.
1: The, but the success of right, the movement. Correct. And um, also, at the time, it was sort of acknowledged when they wrote this song to promote it, they did a series of glass plate photographs okay. that they were able to sort of distribute for the marketing, showing a woman playing KDkc no going to the ball game and cheering you, and is there a picture of having a great a time. Yeah, they're there There's, for
0: this audio can, medium. Yeah,
1: uh, take a look, everybody.
0: <laughs> Looks great. Huh? I want to see it. We'll, yeah. po- we'll put a, we'll post the link. Yeah,
1: that's right. Here's actually here's one. Here's the. That's one of them. That's it. Yeah, the slides of uh, the slides of this oh, song, wow. and it sort of shows the whole story of Katie Casey. She's hanging out at home. Her boyfriend comes up, and she's like, "All right, let's go to the ball game." And then she goes, and she's there, and she's cheering and active, So and- for the
0: audience, this, this picture—if you look at it later—but it's <laughs> she's standing in front of a, a literal white picket fence, <laughs> which, and so she it's in the ballpark, in the ballpark. That's so what
1: separates.
0: Yeah, the crowd is separated from the game by a picket fence, I yeah. guess, at no, that time. No netting. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no she's like netting. holding
0: her fist. Is yeah, what she's she's cheering. Yeah, she's, oh, she's cheering.
1: cheering. Okay. So I thought that
0: was amazing. That's incredible, yeah. Yeah. I, had no idea. I would, so conversely, we we're saying everyone knows this song. Like, that's the one thing they know about baseball. Yeah. I would say, what, 2% yeah. of everyone knows what you just said? Nobody knows. Nobody knows that.
1: That's pretty amazing. The next time you're at a baseball game, I'm going to be standing there. I mean, like, the point of this song is women are awesome totally yeah and and does you know how american and, is it that like
0: yeah. they took this song that was about a girl and we we're like well eh, let's leave that part out
1: yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and market it yeah, <laughs> and, and make money off of yeah,
0: it Yeah, just make money of it
1: yeah. but what about the girl versus yeah. no it's baseball yeah no, there's no. no girls in base buy peanuts and cracker jacks <laughs>
0: Wow, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. So that's the history, the feminist history of Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Cool. What a cool legacy. Yeah.
0: Again, okay. this movie should have been about that.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. How how great would, Jesus. That would that be? I mean, like you even have it right there in the setup, right? Like it's right Casey there. Higgins being the most awesome woman. You could in all change of baseball. you could do
0: like a cool revisionist history where the where the uh, the writer of the song. Knows a girl named Katie, like he knows her, she's a yeah. real person, yeah. And he bases the song off of her, and it's like a cool love story between the two of them. He, and he doesn't know anything about baseball, and she like shows him
1: he knows music and she
0: knows, dude, baseball. this is we're making this movie,
1: yeah. It <laughs> would have been great, or you know, uh, you could have had, in, in the remake of this, yeah. Uh, you know, you've got the writer attends and watches Casey Higgins, right? Yeah, you know, sort of own this team, and yeah. own this game, writes the song about her, and then at the end, instead of singing about. The girls that Gene Kelly and Frank Sinatra get to take home, he writes the song about her, and yeah, then it becomes. Totally, it's, I want to
0: he immortalizes her. Yeah, let's, damn. Let's let's Force, build a time machine let's and that, tell
1: them to make this movie. Let's make that movie by the time so we can do it on the podcast. <laughs> Sounds great.
0: And we can review our own movie.
1: <laughs> so I love sabermetrics, Paul. I know you do. I love stats. I know. I love Moneyball. That's why you love Moneyball? All That's that right. kind of stuff. So, I gave myself a task. Okay. One, of the, one of the joys of this movie, in terms of like the baseball in this movie, is that we get a lot of information, right? We, I guess so, a, a, sure. A, a, about their team.
0: Oh, like stats and stuff. Yeah, yeah I guess they do talk about that, yeah. Doing.
1: So, I wanted to know. So, this, this takes place in 1908. Right. I wanted to know, I wanted to see if I could figure out, if this team existed, the mm-hmm. Wolves, would they be able to beat the Cubs, would they have been the Cubs in the World Series?
0: They presented that much information to to compare to
1: the to the Cubs. Oh yes, my. Friend. Oh no, they did. This is amazing. So so I I'm wanted. So glad to, you did all this work. <laughs> <laughs> I for for our listeners, I te- I figured this out. This thing I'm about to reveal, and I texted Paul. I said, "You're this. Oh, was this is mind. the thing. This, this is, is the, the thing. thing. Okay, I've been so excited about this. All right, for, here we go. 24 hours. All right. So I wanted to see if the Wolves, the right. fictional Wolves. Would have beaten the Cubs.
0: Sinatra and Gene Kelly's team.
1: Their their team would they have beaten the Cubs? Okay. So I had to sort of figure out what's the real world equivalency of this team, right? I I guess I had a few clues to sort of point me in that direction. Okay. The first clue is at the end of the season, they end up in a playoff game, a one game playoff game to win the pennant with the Indians, with the Cleveland Indians, who again we know are the Cleveland Naps. At the time, right, but right. it's the Cleveland team. So I took a look at Baseball Reference, right, and I wanted to see the standings. It turns out that the Detroit Tigers and the Cleveland Naps tied for the American League in nineteen oh eight.
0: The but, heck out of here! So the they're,
1: Detro- the t- they're the Tigers. The, it, they're the Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I took all the steam out of your sails no, 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 there, buddy. No, no. It's,
1: this isn't even the cool part. Okay. This isn't even the cool part. So they're the Tigers. So so the Detroit Tigers and Cleveland Indians, they both had 90 wins. You know, pretty good teams. Okay. But because of a scheduling quirk, mm-hmm. uh, the Tigers played one less game mm. and lost one less game. Interesting. So... The Tigers ended up with a record of 90 and 60, 90 wins, 63 losses. Mm-hmm. The Cleveland Naps had 90 wins and 64 losses. Oh. So the Detroit Tigers the won the pennant. Oh. but On the, a technicality? Because of the schedule. Because of the quirky, weird schedule. That's weird. Not all the teams played the same number of games at the time. So because of this slightly weird Plus, schedule, yeah. the Tigers. But, but at the Good end of the them. season, they tied with the Indians. Right. But they kind of got through on a sort of weird glitch. Weird technicality. You know, same as same as the wolves. Okay, so that's a pretty good indicator. Same as the wolves won the walk-off game. The, well, they had to do a playoff game though. Oh, you're.
0: Oh, I see what you're like, saying.
1: For the most part, throughout the regular season, they had the same record. Right, right. right and then right, because right. of a weird thing, I got it. The Tigers and the Wolves carry on, get through. Okay, sabermetrics. But, but I wanted to get a little bit more about the team itself. Right, so the tigers, the no, the wolves. Oh, okay, the fictional team. There's too many predators. <laughs> <laughs> too many predator names going around. So here's what I did. Yeah. I scoured this movie. I went through all those montages, and I racked up all of the wins and losses for the team that we that see, we saw that we see in the movie. Okay, so it's a small sample size. Sure, but I got a record of there are 17 games. Okay, that we either watch or are referenced okay. definitively and we get some kind of score <laughs> okay okay
0: so what had they do in the 17 game sample size
1: right so i won't walk you through i got the scores to a couple of the games don't care <laughs> <But> <laughs> basically they end up they've won 10 we of the 17 games we see yeah they win 10 and they lose seven that's a, not a very good record yeah uh yeah it's, it's, okay. winning. it's still winning. It's, it's a winning. winning
0: record. It's a winning yeah. record. It's almost 500, though. In
1: fact, what we can... Th- there's not tons of stats that we can kind of get from that, but one thing that we can get is winning percentage. We're sure, yeah. Right? So for any of our listeners who don't know, winning percentage is the amount of games won divided by the amount of games won plus the amount of games lost. So total games played. Games right. won over games played. Right. And that gives you your winning percentage. And obviously, if you've got a higher winning percentage that's the goal you've right. probably gone to the playoffs so
0: unless you're probably the Mariners
1: this year <laughs> <laughs> poor James Pax. Uh, go on go on all right so on screen winning percentage yeah for the Wolves yeah 10 games out of 17 it's 588 so that's the that's the winning percentage again not that good not that good but that's <laughs> the winning percentage that we see on screen sure yeah yeah, yeah. okay I'm going to give you one guess, oh boy, as to what the winning percentage of the Detroit Tigers with ninety wins and sixty three <laughs> losses
0: There's no way ninety wins and sixty three losses is five eighty eight winning percentage. It has to be a little higher than that right is math that, wise is that your guess? what's your guess? You got one guess I mean if I do if I can do some mental math real quick, which I'm not good at <laughs> um, I would say that's got to be like. 597. Are you ready? Ready for this answer? Yeah. 588. I mean, of course it is. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know why I didn't guess that. (laughs) On the dot. It's 588, really? You're telling me a 10 and 7 record is the same winning percentage as 90 and 63? 90 and 63.
1: Really? To the decimal. I guess that makes sense. Wow, that's crazy. It's insane. That's bonkers. So what we can deduce from this... they were the same. Is that they were the same. Yeah. So first of all... I the, mean, it
0: makes sense. If they're the, they, they're the wolves, yeah. That's I wonder right. if they asked the Tigers, Maybe that "Like, was hey, it. we yeah. want to use your team," and they're <laughs> like, <laughs> "No, yeah,
1: fine." What else? <laughs> the wolves. Yeah, I guess they're wolves. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Cool. But yeah, that's incredible to me. So it is think, incredible. What that means is, all of the baseball that we see in this movie is one hundred percent an accurate representation of the actual baseball. That was played by the Detroit Tigers. How often they win, how often they lose That's crazy their sort of main abilities. Sure, yeah. Right? And sure enough, at the end of the season, they're tied with Cleveland and then they win the pennant and go to the World Series. And then lose to the Cubs.
0: So we know the answer.
1: So we know the answer. <laughs> they lose to the Cubs. So we know wow. the answer. But one really cool thing. Yeah. They did lose they lost to the Cubs in five games. Mm-hmm. It was four to one, was the final score. Of
0: games once again, good,
1: good good for you Cubs. Yeah. Uh, well, next hundred years. I don't know. <laughs> I
0: hope uh, they appreciated it.
1: But this was great. This is just a nice little cherry on top. Yeah. Again, the Wolves are known for their famous double play combo of That's Ryan right. to Ryan to Goldberg. Right? I think
0: this is the one bit of research that I did do, and I think I know what you're about to say. But go on.
1: It's the famous six four three. Yes. Double play. Right. So again, for for people who don't know. There's a, a chart system of labeling all the players as numbers. Right. So you can do these things. Each you know, po- well, each position. Each position, right. right, has a number. So the shortstop is number six. Third base is five. I don't know why that is, but shortstop is six. Right. Well, it starts from the pitcher.
0: Pitcher is one, right? Right. Catcher two. Right. Now nice. we're about to sound really dumb if we get all of these incorrect. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, first base is three. Second base is four. Right. Third base is five. Shortstop is six. Right. And the outfielders, seven, eight, nine. Yes. So 6-4-3 is the classic double play. And that's the double play that they're talking about in this song of shortstop to second base to first base. The only game to have a 6-4-3 double play performed by the Tigers Mm -hmm. was the game that they won. Really? The only game that they won against the Cubs. This is not the bit of research I thought you were going (laughs) to talk about. (laughs) Uh, It was in game three. It was Charlie O'Leary to Germany Schaefer to Claude Rossman. Those are some <laughs> some names. Claude Rossman, Claude Rossman. Wow, It was the only six four three double play that the Tigers pulled off, but it was the game that they won. So as you can see, wow. our fictional Wolves slash played through the real sure. Tigers when their double play combo is firing on all cylinders. It was
0: working. They win the game. Okay, okay. So the bit of research that I did, this is perfect. I this love it. could not I'm be more so perfect. Ready. So because I when we were watching, I was my first thought was like when they were talking about the double play, I thought, like, I wonder when the first double play happened. Oh, my god! Because that must have blown people's minds. Amazing. Right? Have you seen Semi-Pro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair, like they do that joke when the alley oop happens. Everyone's like, "What?" Yeah. Like they invented that must have been the same like feeling that's of like,
1: amazing. did they just get two outs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. just got two outs. Wait, hold on,
0: stop. Yeah, everyone stop. Right now. And you the,
1: can't do that. <laughs> you can't
0: get two. Yeah, and the same thing must have happened when they did a, a triple play. I'm assuming, obviously, because that's yeah. even crazier. Um, so I tried to look up when the first double play wow. happened. It's impossible. I can't. <laughs> Baseball is so old that it's just like no, we don't know. Ah, No one knows. knows. And if if they do, I couldn't fucking (laughs) find it. But the thing I did find was that there was a really famous double play trio that played for the Cubs from 1902 to uh, uh, and 1912. So they would have played in this World Series. And they were called... Or Brian or Ryan or Goldberg. <laughs> they were called... Oh, no. Where is it? Where what it? were they called, Paul? Uh, oh. Joe Tinker, Johnny Evers, and Frank Chance. Okay. Um, and it was their shortstop. Second baseman and first baseman. And they were referred to as Tinkin to Evers to Chance. So wow. I think that their whole thing was based on this.
1: And you got to assume that Jim Kelly... Because, he, again, he was a fan of the game. 100%. You know? like, yeah, totally. He must have known some he of this He must have known, yeah. Yeah. Like, Yes, okay, you can say the 643 double play is famous amongst baseball nerds, <laughs> but, like, normal people aren't going to know that. Not at all, yeah. You know, so, like, how, how did that become integral to the plot of this movie, of their The Famous Combo? like gene kelly must have known okay you know he must have seen some of these guys play and known that totally yeah
0: oh 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 okay i have even another level to this their famous play they played they did it in 1910 against the new york giants and it inspired a giants fan franklin pierce adams to write a short poem called tinkers to evans to chance a tinkers to evans yeah evers sorry sorry evers um (laughs) And I would love to have that poem.
1: You know, I think uh, that is, in fact, what the song is based on—is those guys. I think I remember reading that. Really? And I just didn't the, bring it in my
0: notes because I the double play song. Yeah,
1: I didn't think it was interesting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't need to read the double play <laughs> or the poem, I guess.
1: Yeah, no, no, it's cool. Um, no, isn't that cool?
0: Yeah. Oh, you want me to read it? Yeah, if you got it. All right, hold on. These are the saddest of possible words: Tinker to Evers to Chance. Trio of bear cubs and fleeter than birds, Tinker and Evers and Chance, ruthlessly pricking our gonfalon bubble, making a giant hit into a double. Words that are heavy with nothing but trouble, Tinker to Evers to Chance. That's amazing.
1: Isn't that super cool? That's awesome. That Um, is set. I mean, that's like if you're playing against them.
0: Oh my God! Yeah, you would just just, Yeah. yeah.
1: That
0: would be terrible. But what? but here's but here's the thing. If that so the wolves established that they're the famous double play trio, yeah. but they're playing the Cubs. Who has tinkers to Evan's chance? Wow. So like when they came so in this world they, they came in against
1: these two hugely famous double play combos triggers. What if what if these guys what if these three guys are better at everything? <laughs> they get to, they get there and snatch and Jean Kelly are what yeah. they dance better. They dance the double plays are they're better. Surrounded by twenty women <laughs> yeah, more beautiful women <laughs> who know more about baseball, just everything. Hilarious. <laughs> well, while we're on the double play. Yeah. I looked up a little bit about that as well. So, these guys in this movie, they set up the mythology of the movie is that these guys are the best double play combo. Yeah. Or trio. Trio, yeah, combo, whatever. Uh, So, I wanted to look up who is the actual best double play combo. Oh, interesting. And it's really the combo. I mean, that's even in this movie. It's like Goldberg, the first bait. Like, he doesn't.
0: Well, I mean. I will say that some plays, if you're if you're rush, you, you you need to know that that first baseman can scoop it up. Oh, you know the what I mean. Integral,
1: right? But you think of the double play combo. It's like ah, shortstop and second. Like I know the,
0: what you're saying. <laughs> but I was a first baseman, so I take offense to that. <laughs> you have to be good as yeah. well. You're part of it.
1: Yeah. yeah sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to find who were sort of the famous, who were the best double play combos throughout history. Sure. So Couple famous ones, mm-hmm. some of the runner-ups, Tinker's to Evers to Chance, Tinker's to Evers to Chance. In addition to those guys, yeah. Jackie Robinson and Pee Wee Reese. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. A fantastic double play combo. And Jimmy Rollins and Chase Utley, fantastic double sure. play combo. Yeah, great defense, uh, especially around their peak. Jimmy, he's Plus, not still playing anymore, right? No, he he just he's not retired. still playing, and, and Chase Utley's retiring this year. Barely playing as a Dodger. Yeah. fantastic yeah. choice to, uh, yeah. great choice to win a championship. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so especially around what was it like 2008? They were two. There were two years they went to the World Series back to back. Right, right. That was like the height of their prowess mm-hmm, as a as a team. Derek Jeter and Robinson Cano as well. Sure, uh, yep. you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, And so, so all of these guys are are great players in their own right, but also uh, the relationship is so important. Of totally, you know, uh, if you think about relationships on the team, you know, it's like you think of the outfield as yeah. kind of a trio. The pitchers do a really catcher. Together. Yeah, sure, sure. But they you know, pitchers and catchers swap out. Yeah. I, I was reading an article that was saying the double play combo, especially amongst starters, they yeah. play every day, they gotta know each other's rhythms. Yeah, totally. Nine innings in the game. Yeah, you know, they gotta be on it. Got to have their strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So those are some famous combos, but the number one uh Can I guess? Sure, you won't. <laughs> but but you can try.
0: You told totally him. <laughs> I'm going to go with
1: I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. Yeah. The no, era. No, 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 no. Yeah, you, go ahead. Come hint. The era is the 1980s. This kind of takes a minute, my guess, cuz I was going to say Omar Vasquez
0: as shortstop, but no. Is he is he there?
1: I've got a, I got a big long list. Oh, okay. But uh no, I don't see him there at all. Okay. <laughs> so Break you, it to you, me. you whiffed on that one. Yep. <laughs> Amazingly, it's two guys who are not even in the Hall of Fame. Really? Lou Whitaker and Alan Trammell. I believe it's Trammell. Is it Trammell or Trammell? I have no idea. Lou and Alan. Can't wait for that (laughs) angry letter. So I'm sorry to everybody (laughs) whose name (laughs) even comes close to this. Anyway, they were the Tigers, uh, Lou Whitaker and Alan Trammell. They were the Tigers' double play combo throughout the '80s. They played for okay. a long time, yeah. and according to a lot of websites, okay, <laughs> I sort of I tried to sort of look for a spread and found these guys keep coming up.
0: Was it that they were just percentage-wise the most successful at at balls hit to them that they, they turned into double plays?
1: It was partly that. I mean, they're they're in the top couple with yeah. that, but also this was interesting. Proved by their war. Right. They were by far the most valuable double play competition.
0: We've been explaining some baseball things, so you can sure.
1: explain what WAR is. So WAR is stands for Wins Above Replacement. Uh, the basic idea of WAR is to try, try to... Combine all the different stats that tell you how a player is into kind of one number. Right. So it's a little bit of a controversial stat, overall rating thing, because a lot of different websites have different formulas for what they do. Some factor in a little bit more defense. Some a little bit. Some have different for offense and defense. Your offensive war and your defensive war and all that. But the idea is let's get everything into one. It's also like
0: an an acronym that is the word "war." I know it's It's a really terrible decision. I don't. (laughs)
1: Well, but what war is supposed to tell you yeah. is how many wins is your player responsible for over the next guy to come in. If you took right. out your player and you slotted in just whoever is would the next you lose? Guy, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like how much of how uh, if you use that guy instead of your guy? Right. How many more games would you win or lose? Correct. So it is a sort of useful stat to yeah, figure out. Totally. We want guys who have a pretty high war yeah. because you win lots of games when they're around. So if we take the combined war of Alan Trammell and Lou Whitaker over the time when they were sort of the primary guys together, which was 1978 to 1995. Okay. Wow. So almost 20 years they're it's playing a together. a lot, lot of years. Their total war was 140.5, okay? 140 okay. and a half. Sure. The next highest combo... <laughs> Is Pee Wee Reese and Jackie Robinson. Really? Both Hall of Famers. Yeah. They played together. Their main years together were 1947 to 1956. Okay. Okay. Their total war as the double play combo is only 106. Wow. So really? Yeah. So That's they're crazy. Like 35 points yeah. ahead of the next guys.
0: These two guys that no yeah. one really knows anymore.
1: Number three on this list is Jimmy Rollins and Chase Utley. Like okay. we said, they were 89. Wow, for, for their time together. So let's give some appreciation to Lou Whitaker and hey, Alan Jamel. Good job, guys. Yeah, you did
0: it. Are they dead? <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, I don't know. And, oh, and it's so that, warm. I'm so sorry, guys, if you're alive.
0: Know. Yeah, I hope you're alive.
1: But they were playing baseball in 1995.
0: No, yeah, they are alive. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Lou and Alan, yeah. if you hear this, we love you.
0: Like we said, yeah. Congratulations. We love you. I'm really glad
1: you're alive. I think another thing that we have to talk about with this movie is yeah. an integral part of it is Casey Higgins comes in and she's the woman owner, you know, right. and there's a lot of hijinks and comedy and then also the romance right. because of that, but it's a, it's a big deal. You know, Hell it's yeah. a everybody knows the woman yeah. owner of baseball. That's impossible. Yeah. yeah. So I wanted to look into some famous women in baseball and just give them a shout out because, you know, okay. That's not. You're just gonna list names, and we're gonna applaud. Just appreciate them. <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, they we'll deserve start. it. <laughs> so this list, just to clarify, also this list is all women who are not players, because we're gonna do a show about League of Their Own. We're gonna go. Yeah, we're gonna we get really we got into time that. for that. Yeah. So this is our top five women in baseball who were not players. Here we go. Uh, in no particular order. First one, Katie Casey. I guess, well, she's fictional. What's her name?
0: Candy Casey?
1: Katie Casey. Katie Casey. Yeah, Uh, She's fictional, so she's not on this list. (laughs) Honorable mention. Yeah. (laughs) that's a fake person. There we go. There we go. In no particular order, except, I guess, kind of chronologically. Sure. Okay. The first woman to own a baseball team was Helene Hathaway Britton, who owned the St. Louis Cardinals uh, from 1911 through 1916. Wow. She inherited the team from her father. Much like Casey Higgins in this sure, movie, yeah, it's of kind of the same era. Which team? The St. Louis Cardinals. Oh, the Cardinals. Yeah. So, good job, Helene. Yeah, cause wait, that's awesome. We congratulate you. Way to go! Yeah. <laughs> Next on our list, number two, Margaret Donahue. Okay. She. That sounds a little familiar. She was the first woman front office executive. Oh wow! In Major League Baseball, who was not an owner. So, right. She has an a executive wave. position. Uh, which team? But not an owner. She worked for the Chicago Cubs from 1919 to 1958. Holy hell. And she introduced marketing concepts such as the season ticket. What? And reduced prices for kids under 12. Which, Obviously, it's a great idea, yeah. Used in all, every baseball every, team today,
0: that's flash sports, yeah, in general, or <laughs> like movies, like literally anything has that I, idea.
1: I guess when you sit and like think about it, it's like, of course, a lot of this stuff came from baseball because baseball's around for 50 years before, right. yeah, you know, everything else. But yeah, great job. She Margaret invented Donny.
0: the season ticket, the season ticket. Wow, she deserves a lot more credit. I, I don't
1: know if she invented it, oh. but she introduced it for the Cubs, brought it to baseball, sure, right? So, oh, for the Cubs, at least, yeah. okay.
0: You know what? I'm going to... Here we go. You yeah. heard of her first. She invented season tickets. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to say it, and it's true now. It's
1: amazing. <laughs> so every time you go to a minor league team for your friend's birthday party when you were eight years old because their dad was rich and had season <clears throat> tickets, thanks, Margaret. <laughs> Thank you, Margaret. <laughs> we, we love it. Yay. Well done. Okay, number three on our list, yeah. Claire Smith. She is so cool. She is an African-American woman. She covered the Yankees. As a sports writer from 1983 to 1987, and in doing so, was the first woman beat writer in all of Major League Baseball. Wow. Pretty amazing.
0: The first woman... Beat writer. Was beat writer. So she's, on, she's
1: on the baseball like she, yeah, beat. Yeah, she's following
0: is, them. She's going on the road trips. Yeah,
1: and amongst sports journalists, yeah. uh, for a long time... I, I mean, it's still I, a I boys club, let's be honest here. Well, it's definitely a boys club, but yeah. amongst sports journalists, oh. the baseball beat. Oh, sure. For like... All of the 20th century. The baseball beat was like the creme de la creme. It was the
0: top ah, assignment. Everybody right. wanted that. Yeah. and To
1: get that was, you know. And not only is she was a woman, she was a black woman. She's a black woman. Wow. First woman in all of Major League Baseball as a beat writer. After the first game, I just have to highlight a couple of her things. <laughs> after the first game you of... Yankees fan. <laughs> after the first game of the 1984 National League Championship Series against the Cubs in Wrigley Field, the San Diego Padres physically removed her from the visitors clubhouse despite the National League rule requiring equal access to all properly accredited journalists during the playoffs What year This was 1984
0: this, Like the security escorted her they
1: out remo- they didn't let her Holy hell Yeah they they removed her she's trying to get the game story right, yeah. you know she's trying to get the re- the write up for the beat and they and they took her out Dang she is super awesome. She's been awarded a lot of honors for the baseball hall of fame. There are interviews of her on YouTube. She has some really cool stories. And her whole thing too is like we of the women journalists, we didn't do anything special. We were just trying to do our jobs. Totally. You know, we yeah. were just trying to persevere and get the job done. So you did it, Claire Smith. We think you're amazing. I'm really
0: ashamed that I didn't know more about her. She's super cool. Yeah. Look
1: up look up some interviews with her on YouTube. She's yeah. amazing. Alright. A little clap. There you go. Next. Next up is Kim Ng. She is an Asian-American woman who is an executive in Major League Baseball. Wow. So we're kind of in the modern era now. Uh, she is currently Senior Vice President for Baseball Operations in all of Major League Baseball and is the highest-ranking Asian-American female baseball executive. So she's a badass. She's That's super awesome. cool. Yeah. She started her career as an intern with the White Sox and just, like, flew through the organization. Oh, wow. Shot her way through the ranks. That's cool. She was also the first woman to present an arbitration case for a pitcher, which she won. So she got the pitcher a nice paycheck. Dang. Yeah. And then in 1998, she sort of ascends to the upper echelon. She was recruited by Brian Cashman to work as an assistant GM for the Yankees. She worked there for a long time. She was the youngest uh, in that position in the major leagues at 29. Mm-hmm. And she later took a similar position as an assistant GM for the Dodgers. She interviewed for the GM position when they had openings in the past couple years, the past 10, 15 years, Mm -hmm. uh, with the Dodgers and the Seattle Mariners. Uh, Unfortunately, she didn't get those jobs. There's
0: never been a woman GM. There's never been a
1: woman GM. Assistant GM is the highest that women have ascended in the baseball front office. So she said in 2011, screw it. I'm going to go work for baseball itself. Right. And she is now the senior vice president of baseball operations. She That's incredible. Directly under Joe Torrey. Again,
0: very ashamed that I don't know about this person. I, she,
1: she has a great story. Wow. It's amazing. They're, she, again, same as Claire Smith, she's got a lot of cool interviews on YouTube. Okay. Where they, you know, she gives a lot of advice to women trying to make in sports and it's yeah. like, just persevere. It's just perseverance. You know, it's it, the the employment gap, the wage gap is really, you know, it's a shame. Yeah. But that's why we're celebrating you, Kimming.
0: Yay, Kimming! Is that uh, the last one? One more? The last one. Here we go.
1: <laughs> Can't believe that we, of course, saved this for last. It's Marge Shot.
0: <laughs> you know... I don't know who that is. You don't know who
1: Marge Shot. is? Should I know who that is? Marge Shot is the infamous owner of the Cincinnati Reds. I don't know anything do about her. Do you know nothing person? about her? No. We could do a whole show about her. Okay, Uh,
0: Again, ashamed. I'm a fake.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. For our listeners and Paul. (laughs) (laughs) So far, this is the
0: whole show. (laughs) Facts that
1: Paul doesn't know. Go ahead. Uh, Marge Schott is sort of the most infamous woman in all of baseball. Uh, She was the managing general partner, the president, and the CEO of the Cincinnati Reds. From nineteen eighty four to nineteen ninety nine. Okay. So she took over the Reds kind of right at the end of like the big red machine. Yeah. And sort of transitioned them out of that. Uh some positives. Okay. A few uh, whatever we can, there are only a few. She won a World Series. The Reds won the World hey, Series in nineteen ninety. That's well, it, that's all you need. Yeah, that's great. Also, she was only the second woman to buy an existing team rather than inheriting it. Oh really? Really fun fact. Okay. She bought the team from a guy named William Williams. <laughs> 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 that's the truth. that's a true oh, thing. That's, gosh. A fa- that's his name. That was his name. If
0: you're if your name is William Williams, you gotta figure that out. You gotta go, <laughs> you gotta go to City Hall and be like, listen, yeah. let's change this up. Billy or something. Yeah, Billy <laughs> yeah.
1: or even just Will. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. So those are the positives of Marge Shot. Oh, okay. Uh, the negatives of Marge Shot are basically she's a Nazi and an extremely racist, oh, really? terrible, oh, wow, tyrannical person. This is
0: taking a lot of turns. Yeah, here. I really, how oh, do yeah. I not know anything about this person?
1: Why don't you like baseball, dude? I hate baseball. <laughs>
0: uh, no, nah, I just don't give a shit about the Reds. I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah. Again, she's kind of person, you know, persona non grata. She's. You know, infamous in baseball. She's actually a Nazi. What? Okay, so she is most well known for her controversial behavior during her tenure as owner of the Reds, including racial slurs to about every ethnicity that was playing baseball.
0: Oh, the time. okay. In um, interviews. In,
1: in in interviews, heard comments around the front office. You know, people amongst the game. You know, in front of players and everything. Yeah. She was racist to African Americans. She was racist to Jews. She was racist to Japanese people. She famously okay. referred to then Reds outfielders yeah. Eric Davis and Dave Parker as her quote million dollar N words. Are Except you serious? She did not say N words. Oh my goodness. She said the N word. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, that's no good. Yeah, that's uh, awful. And. But that's not all. Oh, good boy. <laughs> uh, because she was banned from managing the team by Major League Baseball. Oh, wow. From 1996 through 1998 due to statements in support of German domestic policies of Nazi Party leader Adolf Hitler. And shortly after that... Uh,
0: the, the audience died. didn't just super, but I did the biggest hand palm into my
1: face. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh. she, she hates african-americans and jews and japanese people wow and then if that's not good enough she says i'll do you one better this guy hitler give him a big thumbs up <laughs> uh <laughs>
0: i like how that then they were like okay we need to set yeah. it now uh, yeah yeah nazis course. are always crossing a line yeah. lady <laughs> yeah, used to be yeah
1: <laughs> so uh, let's not talk about that <laughs> yeah so that's march shot we're not—we're not, we're not going to clap for you. I think. No. Yeah, I don't really uh, feel like uh, clapping. You got, for a, uh, you got You you got a spot on the list. You know? Yeah. You, we can't leave. Congratulations. You but uh, that's our tour through. Wow, women that was awesome. Thank uh, you, Andrew. We're going to talk a lot more again about women players when we talk about a league of their own. Yeah. Right. To finish off here, yeah. that's all the serious. That's all the serious things. So here's my question for you: O'Brien and Ryan, right? Gene Kelly and, yep, and, yep, and Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. Are they out there in in the corn? In the field of dreams, oh, magical boy. the baseball
0: cinematic universe question. Are they hanging out? Um,
1: I think they gotta be right.
0: Yeah, they probably come out. Yeah, and they, they like as they come out through the corn, they're like dancing. They're like,
1: can you? I again, this the theme of the show. I would love to see that movie. Wait, the field of dreams spinoff. I want to see no, no, no. I want to see Kevin Costner. He hears the transcendent voice. If you build it, he will come. Any. Plows his whole field and he gives yeah. up all his life savings and he builds a baseball field and then Gene Kelly and Sinatra come out dancing and they're like and then we slept with all those women isn't and that Kevin crazy?
0: Is like, I'm gonna tear down <laughs> this field now. What the hell is going on? What, <laughs> what the hell is what this? What have I done?
1: <laughs> that would not be. Um... I could you know what I can picture. It. There's there's that scene in the movie. Where uh, Shoeless Joe says to Kevin Costner, "He's like Ty Cobb wanted to come to play, but we couldn't stand him in real life, so we left him back there." I think Ty Cobb is like hanging out with, with Kelly Sinatra.
0: <laughs> he's just so angry. They're, that he he pla- knows they're Everyone else is playing. He
1: would totally be on board with them to like figure out how to. Oh yeah. Just you know, break out after curfew and, 100%. and you know hunt down all the women and. Jeez <laughs> Louise! But uh, but you know what. They they never come out because they're performing vaudeville. That's, That's right. what they want to they're, do anyway.
0: They're in in corn baseball heaven. Yeah, <laughs> playing, singing stupid songs. Uh, you know what would have been cool in Field of Dreams? I, I mean, no, it would not have been, but <laughs> <laughs> if the, I can see them have coming out and then doing like that stupid vaudeville number that they did on the field oh, before yeah, the games, that would have been great. Which I, I think we kind of described, but real quickly, <laughs> it was. Gene Kelly with the big baseball bat like a baseball bat that was like five feet long yeah and then the catcher O'Brien no No, uh,
1: I don't think we know his
0: name O'Brien we know his last name oh sorry not the catcher but the first baseman
1: oh yeah Goldberg
0: Goldberg who's pretending to be the catcher in the comedy routine he's the the catcher in the comedy routine and then Frank Sinatra's the pitcher yep and they they're literally doing this on the field before the game that they're about to play. Yeah, which is like kind of re- like pregame rally up the crowd. Exactly. It's kind of like yeah. the equivalent of like the fanatic doing. Yeah. Or mascots doing Just shenanigans. Shenanigans, but like the players you came to see to play baseball are doing a a, a funny clown act
1: <laughs> before the game. Can you? Can you? Which, by the way, I know now we're on a tangent of a tangent. Yeah, of course. <laughs> can you imagine? Like, you go to the Nationals game. and... <laughs> Scherzer and Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper and
0: (laughs) Strasburg. (laughs) They're doing some clown
1: routine. Bryce Harper hits Scherzer in the head. Yeah. And then, you know, Strasburg throws the softball and hits Harper and.
0: It'd be hilarious. I'd watch I mean, it. I would love, I love it. it. I would. Be, I would eat that up. For me, the equivalent right now would be like Posey, Sandoval, yeah, Pablo's right. out yeah. there
1: just rolling around because he's you know you know who around you know who would do it. <laughs> who Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo? Oh yeah, and Schwarber totally do it. Schwarber and, would be on. Yeah, the three or, of them. Or uh, uh, David Ross would come back <laughs> to yes, be the catcher. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it would be great if teams did guys that. No, it would be great if, if O'Brien and Ryan Goldberg came oh, out. Oh, yeah, the they came out and, and
0: did their little vaudeville number before the as they're playing, yeah, yeah. and then the rest of the players are like, okay, you can go back.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're they tap dance away. Please leave. Off the field. I would love it. <laughs> it would be great. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to really be
0: reminded of this movie ever again. How do you... Uh, let's, let's rate it. Let's rate it. Yeah. How do you rate
1: this movie, Paul? I went first last time. You go first. All right. I rated this movie a pot fly. Because there was a moment where I was so excited <laughs> that this is going to be a big deal. And then very quickly...
0: Uh, yeah, like a really high pop fly. Yeah. So if, it, the first two seconds, you're like... I,
1: <gasps> yeah, when I heard about this movie, and then again, the, the opening credits and the opening number, I was like, oh, this, this is going to be great. I can't wait. I'm so excited. And then very quickly, you're like, ah, it's yeah, not going anywhere. No, that's... And, and uh, it's going to be caught in the infield. Yeah. And in and, and the inning. I, <laughs>
0: I might piggyback on that. I feel like maybe my only edit would be like it's a pop fly. The, so the first two seconds off the bat, you're like, oh. <gasps> That's a—it's oh, just a infield yeah. super towering fly. But as they're like trying to catch it, maybe the shortstop and first baseman kind of like bump into each other, like some vaudevillian kind of like shenanigans. Like oh, and then they catch yeah. it and then it's over and, then you're and dis- forgotten about.
1: Yeah. And then you're then you're disappointed anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're, the point is you're very disappointed. You know what it no is? Home run.
0: You know what it is? It's an it's an infield fly that gets caught. So it's it's hit in the air and immediately the umpire's like infield fly, <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the up and for space, and we're like the shortstop in first baseman like ah we got it yeah it doesn't yeah matter. They,
1: well they miss it right but then it doesn't matter that's our uh, short and succinct rating of this movie
0: <laughs> we did it pop
1: fly great take me out to the ball game is available on Amazon iTunes or on yep.
0: DVD I wonder what the special features are probably nothing yeah we rented it on iTunes
1: yeah, that's it. So you can too.
0: Yeah, you can too. <laughs> or like I said earlier, you can just YouTube some of the the numbers. Yeah, but I would it's say true. I would say check out the double play number. Yep. the the Irish tap Irish dance,
1: Great Dancing, Gene Kelly, and if you really love the song, Take Me Out to the Ballgame, then
0: yeah, watch their rendition out of it. That opening and the the, the the vaudevillian number thing we just mentioned. the, yeah, the, the can, clown bit that's yeah. fun.
1: If you can find the game, or if you really really want to watch it, go ahead. Uh, I give you permission. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're welcome. Time. Next episode. Yeah, let's tease it. We are what is talk. it? I don't know. Next episode is our double header. Oh, we're
0: doing a double header, baby. One
1: double header per season and we are doing a Jackie Robinson double header. Oh, yeah. We are talking about 42 and we are talking about the 1953 movie The Jackie Robinson Story starring starring who? Who, Andrew Jackie Robinson <laughs> as himself.
0: Have you seen... I've seen 42. I've seen 42. I haven't seen the other one.
1: I, yeah, I've, I, it will be new for me
0: also. Okay, so I'm excited.
1: Uh, so yeah, join us next episode, talking about Jackie Robinson. In the meantime, have a great day, everybody.
0: Have a great day. Go watch some baseball. Love watch you. some baseball movies. We will see you next time. All right, Bye. <music>